Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 7, Episode 20 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Dick, or if you are in Germany, the title is The Q in Paradise, Part 2. Um, so Amazon Prime has the name of this episode listed as 12 a.m. Um, from what I can tell, no, no, it has never been known as 12 a.m. Um, and it doesn't really make sense for it to be called 12 a.m. So I don't know if this was like they thought the dick was too explicit to put as the name of an episode. But Am- it's Amazon. And also the last episode was called That Touch of Bink Part 1. And this is just called Dick. And it, ha- I mean, it has like a part two in the parentheses, but anyway, it's very uh, confusing. Our IMDb user synopsis is: Ruthie's friend Peter is upset that his mother is marrying a man he does not know that well. Eric counsels him and the mother. Meanwhile, Chandler helps another couple who wants to marry but have several problems with their relationship. What was your first impression of the episode? Um. I want to say that this is probably the prime example of Seventh Heaven's wasting potential. They had, like, there were, there were three storylines here that really, like, I don't know, the writers could have used their imaginations, maybe, like, put, like I don't know, put a bit more into it. Like, if they wanted to go full comedy, go full comedy. If they wanted to go full drama, they should have gone full drama. But basically we had three kind of secrets and past histories coming out for, like, in three different storylines. One was uh, Simon and Cecilia's storyline, another one was uh, dealing with Chandler and his relationship counseling, and another one was obviously dealing with Peter and Dick and Paris. And we really could have gotten some interesting stuff in all these, like, situations, but we really didn't. I feel like it was a cop-out on all three. I think we could have gotten some, like, I don't know, didn't you feel like it was... I mean... It could have hit harder. I guess. Um, I think it should have focused more on Dick. I think we... They kind of rushed and introduced him, and then immediately... Like, they didn't really... They gave us one indication that he's, like, kind of a shitty guy. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I just thought they could, like, they could have delivered more on that. Yeah. Because we're supposed to... We're supposed to... As the audience, we're supposed to believe Peter. But, like... Aaron and I were talking this while we were watching it, watching it, and there's nothing really there besides Peter's word that we're supposed to take that something's wrong, besides, like, the threat from the last episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we'll get started with, as we always do, with the cold open, um, where Peter is over at Ruthie's. Or are they over at... No, they're at the Camp Castle. Yeah, they are. Okay. Um, and they're. Ju- I think they're doing their homework, and we find out that... Uh, Dick and Paris are engaged, and this has happened very quickly indeed. Uh, we then go... Because we just met him in the last episode. Yeah. Um, and he had just met Paris, like, a week ago. Um, and we find out that in the next scene, it's at the church in the Rev's office, and they're basically announcing to the Rev that they would like the Rev to marry uh, them. And, for example, like for an example, Paris is like, well, didn't Matt get engaged on his first date? Well, actually, they got married on their first date, but nobody's ever going to find that out, apparently. Uh, Is that really still bothering you? Yes! <laughs> no one needs to find out. It's over. But then why make it such a plot point for the entirety, entire last half of season six? Because they do not know how to write for television on this show. And I don't like it. <laughs> okay. But that's it. That's the cold open. We basically find out that 
they're going to, they're, they want to get married, and this is obviously cause for concern. Yes. So, uh, moving on. Um, that's about it, actually. That's the cold open. Yep. Um, and, uh, so we're going to start with, um, a storyline that has not been introduced yet, but Cecilia and Simon have a brief, um, storyline that honestly I could have done without in this episode because it was kind of rushed. And at the yeah. end, they absolutely like had for, like at the end of writing this episode, they were like, Oh shit, we, we didn't wrap that one up. Um, so, uh, Cecilia's parents come to, uh, her and Simon and they're like, we have great news. We want to renew our wedding vows for our 20th anniversary. Um, which we learned is coming up. Cecilia is, like, not too jazzed about this for no apparent reason. She's just like, oh, well, you're already married, so why do you have to renew your vows? Um, and we, so... They specifically want the Rev to be the one that renews the vows. And uh, this is also the first time we're meeting Cecilia's mom. We've met um, Mr. Smith. I can't remember his first name. Uh, like, plenty of times before, but this is the first time we're meeting her. She's played by Holly Fugler, um, who I, rec- I like, couldn't pinpoint where she was from, but for any Disney Channel original movie fans, she is Aunt Judy from Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. I was going to say 22nd, but though that's not true. <laughs> it's no, the 21st, 21st century. century. Um, and she was also uh, on The Ellen Show for a bunch of years. So... Simon uh, and Cecilia are on the phone later on in the episode because Simon's like, what's going on? Why are you so against your parents renewing their vows? And we find out that she's hiding something because she's not being forthright with that information. Um, So um, afterwards, uh, Cecilia's mother comes in and Cecilia is still kind of being cagey and she... Her mother is like, why, what's the deal with you not being happy that we're going to renew our wedding vows? And Cecilia makes some excuse, and she's like, oh, well, I'm just sad that I wasn't included in the planning of it. Uh, and her mother's like, oh, okay, well, now you can be, or whatever. <laughs> that, that's resolved. Um, so this all kind of comes to a head, I guess, when Simon and Cecilia are at school, and Simon is like, um... Cecilia just comes right out and she's like, my parents have a secret. Yeah, but <sighs> we as, an, as the audience don't get to learn what that is. We come back from the commercial with Simon already knowing about it, which is really frustrating uh, because, uh, because we had like a great time trying to figure out what the secret could be, but it was obviously none of the fun things that we came up with. Yeah, so uh, because like Simon is like, why didn't they ever tell you? And she, he, how did you find out? And she's like, Uncle Walter, the guy who was stealing money from the, the school or whatever. Um, uh, what? Well, that's how she found out about this big secret. Um, And she's like, Uncle Walter thought I knew. Um, So we're on the edge of our seats until the end of the episode when the um, Simon, Cecilia, and Cecilia's parents are gathered at Cecilia's house. And Cecilia tells her parents that she knows that, dun-dun-dun, they were never married. So they're they're talking about renewing their vows, but they have actually never been married Um, so I guess they'd be getting married for the first time. Um, her parents are like, oh, well, if you knew, why didn't you tell us? Or whatever, I don't know, why do you care so much? Um, Cecilia has obviously been impacted by being around Simon, and she's like, you've been living in sin. (laughs) Um, 
and I don't know. It's kind of this was so stupid. This storyline really didn't belong in this episode. It. Yeah, I agree with you. It definitely didn't. And I feel like if they were going to put it out there, they should have like gone either one route or the other. Because like, I think at the beginning, we're supposed to believe that she's embarrassed by it because she knows that Simon's family is super religious and maybe they'll look at her the wrong way because she's a child of a fam- like a family that's not married. I don't know, like yeah. whatever traditional... A non-marital about. child. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, you know, because we had... Like a lot of uh, Simon and Cecilia's storylines are about sex. So clearly... Her parents had sex before they got married, so... Way before they got yeah. married. So, like, maybe that's another thing that could, like, be... I don't know, this could have come in in some other form, but it just didn't... I don't know, it wasn't well-placed, I agree with you. It should have been more in an episode that had more, te- like, more screen time for Simon and Cecilia talking about having sex. And that, that would have been a more appropriate place, I feel, for it to have come in and be more relevant. But then at the logical conclusion of this episode, where, like, all of the drama is finally over, there's, like, an end moment. (laughs) Where, and this is where they absolutely forgot about this storyline, and they were like, okay, let's wrap it up. Where everybody, I mean, I'm just going to say, so at the end of the episode, um, the Rev and Kevin and Peter and his mother and Dick, well, are all gathered at a psychiatrist's office, and at the logical conclusion of the scene... The phone rings, and the doctor is like, oh, Reverend, it's for you. And he's like, they all run out of of the psychiatrist's office, and then we see them all rushing. It's like a jump to a different scene. And Cecilia, her parents, Simon, and the Rev and Annie are all rushing into the Rev's office, and the Rev is getting dressed like he's ready to perform like a church service or something. Um, and we find out that the Rev is just going to marry Cecilia's parents right there in his office, uh, and that's it. <laughs> There's obviously a lot of questions that come into play here. Firstly, when the psychiatrist picked up the phone, should he have been like, oh, it's for you, Reverend? But secondly, who called the psychiatrist? How did they know that the Reverend was with the psychiatrist? Right, there was no logical reason for Cecilia, for anyone in that storyline to know that the Rev was at the psychiatrist's office. And so, anyway, this wedding takes place, and... Yeah, they're happily married, I guess. Or something. Um, but th- the thing is, nobody except for Simon and Cecilia are none the wiser about this. They all think it's a renewal of wa- vows, but it's actually their wedding. There was, like, some dialogue that we missed about, like, them already having a marriage license, but, again, not important. <laughs> right, that just makes, like, the, for Seventh Heaven, that's too much detail that, like, tie, that actually ties the, um, logically ties the storyline together so yeah i mean i i agree with you this should have belonged somewhere else should have been maybe given a little more attention than it was but i guess they needed simon to be doing something here which is a problem that we've had in the past with this show where they have to have all the characters doing something they should have played they should have done what they did with lucy here where she's given her a very minimal role yeah uh or given simon a very minimal role um so we're gonna move on to Chandler's kind of ha- has his fingers in a bunch of storylines this episode. His fingers. <laughs> his um, hands. And a lot yeah, of so Chandler's storyline kind of starts when we see him and the Rev in the church office, and they are going through letters, and it's not Im- immediately clear um, what they're doing, um, but we learn that they are assigning, they're looking through letters of people who are getting married who want the Rev to marry them, and the Rev is giving is delegating some of those weddings to 
uh, Chandler. Just a comment on this specific scene. There are a lot of letters. Like, this, the pile of mail that they're going through looks the equivalent of what, like, a, like, B-list or C-list celebrity might get in fan mail. And... Like Beverly Mitchell. Right. <laughs> like, so, like a seventh heaven actor getting fan mail. What, like, that? that's how many letters they have. So it's, like, quite a chunky pile. And my, like, question is, are these all people in Glen Oak that are all getting married immediately? And if so, how big is Glen Oak? Where did all these young couples come from that are getting married? Or old couples, yeah, in the case or, of Cecilia's parents. Or, like... Or is, like, Glen Oak, or does the Reverend, like, service more people outside of Glen Oak? Why is he so famous for doing weddings? Like, what, and you brought up a really good point, because if this is the general flow of how many letters he usually gets, he didn't need any help before, so why is he getting help now? Right. So who knows what where this new problem came from, but yeah. Um, so, the, so Chandler gets his first uh, couple, and he's afraid that everybody's going to be, like, they're going to be disappointed that it's not the reverend who is marrying, marrying them, them. Which he, like, talks about to Rock, Roxanne on the phone. Uh, but we meet our, his first couple, uh, Kathy and Mark. Mark is played by an average man. so <laughs> The most generic-looking man I've ever seen. But Kathy is played by Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik? You, well, you may know her. Yeah, she, um, obviously, everybody knows her as Amy from The Big Bang Theory. Um, or Blossom, on Blossom. Yeah, so, <laughs> fun fact about this, uh, about um, her specifically, Brenda Hampton actually wrote a bunch of episodes for Blossom, so she has a really good relationship with Maim, and uh, actually, this is her first appearance on primetime television since Blossom. If you remember, after Blossom, she decided to quit the entertainment industry and, like, get an education. Um, so she came back specifically as, like, some sort of favor to run to Hampton. Um, so they come in, and we find out that they wanted Chandler in the first place, specifically because they were actually engaged to be married before, but um, the Rev, during the marriage counseling sessions, the Rev found some problems, specifically having to do with Mark's mother, and... The marriage got called off, and they broke up, and they're trying to do it again. And they don't want the Rev, they wanted Chandler. Yeah, so, um, they're a little bit wacky, uh, their, their story and how they came to get married or to go, to be engaged. Uh, we learned that, um, Kathy has actually been engaged seven times previously, um, and that's kind of, le- that comes back later, um, and... What's his name, Mark? Yeah, Mark. Mark has never been engaged like uh, before other than his engagement to um, Kathy. And Chandler's like, oh, well, what did you do that month you were broken up? Um, and we learned that Kathy went and got engaged again. To a different... To a different <laughs> man. Um, but then she broke off that engagement when Mark wanted her back. Um, the main kind of strife in their relationship is the presence of Mark's mother... Um, I think for me as an audience member, I'm led to believe, I was led to believe that it was just like, you know, your basic mama's boy kind of situation where the woman, like the spouse in the scenario just wanted her husband to like get away or or like her, her, her potential mother-in-law was like too, um, nosy or something, but that's not the case at all. (laughs) We're completely wrong. Um, so 
um, we get to, so Chandler thinks that it's a good idea for him to meet Mark's mother to get a better, I don't know, angle on how to counsel Kathy and Mark. So he invites her in for a session, and she immediately reveals that Kathy is a grifter, and, um, you know, she's just, like, using these men to get gifts and money and things, and Mark is just another victim, and he knows that she is, like, a con artist, but... And he knows that, wait, she's like, he kn- he knows that I know that he knows. <laughs> There's that, some sort of like, yeah. yeah. He knows that I know that he knows that she's not good for him kind of thing. Uh, and uh, I don't know. That's uh, so, we, so we learn that and Chandler brings this information back to Kathy and Mark directly when they have another counseling session. Um, and we kind of do learn that um, Kathy is like, well, I got. She starts listing all of the gifts that her previous uh, bows have have given her, um, and they're quite nice. I mean, like a boat and a farm and a four thousand dollar <laughs> ring. Um, and she apparently like takes everything she gets as engagement gifts and keeps them or sells or like, sells them. Yeah. Um, so just a quick note on the storyline. Um, Mark's mom is played by Christine Rose, and she's been in, like, a fuck ton of things. Uh, she played Angela in Heroes. She was in How to Get Away with Murder. Um, she played a character named Virginia in How I Met Your Mother, but I do not remember her at all, so... It sounds like just one of those random women who came along and dated Ted and probably was, like, there for, like, one or two episodes. No, it was, like, for, the for like, most of the run of the season. I thought at oh. for a second that she played somebody's mother, but I have no idea. She, oh, she know. might have played Te- um, Marshall's mother. Actually, I don't know. I don't oh. know. I'm making shit up, honestly. No, because Marshall's mother was like um, like a, a big lady. Oh, it's Ted's mother. Oh. Vir- yeah, Virginia Mosby. There we go. Um, she was in Big Love. She was in, she's been in a, in a lot of things. Um, and I also wanted to comment saying that for a grifter, like... Kathy's a really bad grifter. <laughs> I feel like a con artist is supposed to be good and like at, at like maintaining cons, but if her mother and she gave them all up right away. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, she she doesn't believe that she was like if if that makes me a grifter, then I'm a grifter. And I'm like, well, oh, well. I mean, she's playing a different like version of a con artist. I don't really get it. But you're if you're a good con, or if you are a con artist, the point is to not let people know that you are a con artist. Like that's how you get away with it by being con artisty whatever the adjective is but yeah she sucked anyway obviously the engagement is called off and mark's like we're not going to vegas to get married damn that's the end of that but yeah this was an example for me where like if you wanted to go to the grifter route or give like kathy some sort of like background of some sort you should maybe make her a black widow i just really want a black widow storyline where you know like from the adams family values movie all right. So, as as was alluded to earlier in the podcast, Chandler has his fingers in a lot of storylines, um, and uh, he's obviously got a storyline with Roxanne, who, okay, so to back it up a little bit, um, when, while the Rev and um, Chandler are going through the letters, the Rev casually mentions something about Chandler going home to visit his ill father, um, and we later on learn that Sid, um, Chandler's brother, called the Rev and Roxanne to basically say that things aren't looking good and that, like, Chandler should come home and, and say goodbye to his father, basically. 
Um, so the Rev first alludes to it and is like, oh, maybe... I, he was like, I could marry all of these people if you just go home and visit your dying father. Um, and Chandler's like, nah. Uh, eh. This comes up again with Roxanne trying to convince a Chandler to go visit his dying father. Her technique is saying... We're going to get married. I want to know my future father-in-law, so I'll come with you. She thinks that her presence with, like, going to... I, I'm, this is New York, right? They're going back to New York, I'm assuming. I don't... Yeah, I guess that's where he's from. We never learned where Chandler's from. Um, well, wherever Chandler's from. I just, in my head, just automatically think it's New York. Um, wherever uh, the father is, that, like... It'll be easier if there's two of them going together instead of if, he, if he's just going himself. But, again, he's very against the idea. We know from... Uh, the episode where uh, Sid came, like, was introduced, that he has a very bad relationship with his father. Um, We find out, when the Rev tries to, like, open up the subject again, we find out that the reason Chandler is so against the idea of going is because his own father said not to bother. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that. But um, really, is, that's the end of that storyline. This is clearly not resolved, and I feel like they brought it back up for a reason. So I feel like it's probably going to come into play in the maybe in the um, if Seventh Heaven does the right thing, it should come into play in the next couple of episodes. But who knows? Maybe the storyline will be completely dropped. Um, and the last kind of tiny storyline, it's a very much just a scene that uh, Chandler is involved in, is with Roxanne. So obviously, we know. Or not we know, but what the show's established is Roxanne isn't like Lucy at all in that she wasn't waiting until marriage. She's like previously pursued men. She's very interested in having sex. But ever since her conversation with Lucy in the last episode. Over pizza. Yeah, over pizza. <laughs> their pizza date. Um, she's kind of figured out that there might be something something to this like love connection and emotional sex thing where like you and not just like having sex for the for kicks or whatever um so she tells uh chandler that she wants to wait until they get married and apparently that is like the ding 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 chandler needed because all of a sudden he's like hubba hubba (laughs) now i don't i'm no longer interested in waiting um and we find out that the reason roxanne did this is not because she actually wants to wait but because she's taking lucy's advice Apparently, Lucy's grand advice was sometimes men like to pursue and not be pursued. So Roxanne's going to enjoy being pursued, and she's going to try to wait until they get married, but maybe she won't. Who knows? Tune in. (laughs) (laughs) Tune in to know if they have sex or not in the next podcast we upload. Yeah. um, I forget a lot. Like, honestly, I have no recollection of how... Chandler and Roxanne obviously aren't on the show through the end of the run, but I have no idea where they go, how they're written off. Like, so maybe somebody dies. I, I can I have no recollection of whether or not they get married. So this is like a, a new new. We're in new territory. They were like I have. I, I don't really remember this relationship very well. Did you remember all the shit that went down with Dick, or was that like new as well? Um. Again, that's like yeah. It was two episodes. I don't know. So right. That's true. Um, so speaking of Dick, we'll get to him now. Um, so, I don't know, they, I guess this starts with, well, we've already talked about the cold open, um, but, oh, okay, I think the next time we see them is back at the Petrowski house. Yes, so Dick is in the kitchen, and Peter comes in, and, um, 
Dick is like, oh, do you need any help with your homework? I can help you. Peter is like, I forget what, he answers with some attitude. He gives like very short answers and he's like, I, oh, he says, I don't want your help anyway. Um, and, uh, oh, Dick tells him to lose the attitude and Peter's like, well, what if I don't? And at this point, Paris walks in and she's like, Peter, how could you speak to Dick like that? Um, and like, basically Peter leaves the scene, uh, to finish his homework or whatever. And Dick, uh, gets Paris alone and, Basically, I feel like this conversation is just like, oh, Peter's never going to like, like, how are we going to get Peter to like me? Um, yeah, we, so while this is all happening in their house, we kind of have Ruthie, like, running all over the place trying to fix this issue. So she's trying to get the Rev to not, like, to call off this wedding, or not to perform the wedding. She's also, yeah, she also goes to to Kevin, and she wants Kevin to, like, check, search, like, the police records to find out if uh, Dick has ever been arrested. Um, and then, well, later on she just freaks out because no one is listening to her, to, to Annie. Yeah. Um, so the next day, Paris uh, takes the day off. Um, Aaron brought a really good point about this, is that, like, and I think this was obviously done on purpose. Uh, sometimes Seventh get, seven Heaven gets it right. Um, she's suddenly turned into... She's living for her man. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we, if you recall, the first time we met Paris, it was when Kevin and Roxanne brought Peter home after he had, like, I forget why he was out of the house, but they bring him home, and she's like, and they were like, oh, did you know your son was out or whatever? And she's like, well, I work really hard to support m- myself and my son, so no, after a long day at work, I come home and I cook dinner, and it's just like basically kind of being like, I can do it all on my own. I don't need you police bringing my son home. And yeah, she's like, we're, we, the undertone for her like storyline has always been she's a strong, independent, single parent. But now she's taking days off. She's kind of, she's, we see her like looking to Dick more often to kind of take control. At first, I think it was like, I mean, in the last episode, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like she's looking for somebody to take care of her, like a sugar daddy. It's fine. Like, she, you know, it's she wants to have, like, take a load off a little bit. But you see it kind of, like, get to a point where it's annoying, I feel like. Or not annoying, but off. We also get, um, well, keep in mind that she met Dick because he moved into the house next door to them. And it already looked, like, a, a week or two ago. And it already looks like he's living at the Petrowski house. So, like, he just... He just moved in. Um, um, yeah, and it is. It definitely is a bit, a bit fast. I think like uh, Dick's entire thing is, well, I want to get to know you better, and I can do that if I marry your mother. And it's like, or you could get to know us better and then get married to my mother. But um, we kind of don't know what like is it going on in the Rev's head. Uh, and he seems to like I don't know. He seems to want to be taking a neutral path while he's like counseling. So he calls uh, the Petrowski household and tries to get uh, an appointment with just... Paris and Peter, because, I don't know, he, he wants to get Dick out of the picture. But Dick picks up the phone, and Dick is like, oh, Reverend, you know, the three of us would love to come in for a session. So, and the Rev doesn't give any pushback, like, that's not what I said. Uh, Dick's entire move... And th- throughout the episode is, and throughout the couple last couple of hours, his entire run has been making sure Peter's never alone with any adult that he can speak to. Um, so during the session, Dick kind of like speaks, and he kind of like threatens 
to not to break up with, but kind of like end things between Paris. Well, because Peter's just like, I don't. They're like Peter. What would make you happy? And he's like, I don't want you to marry my mom. And they're like, Well, that's what we want. So you need to like meet us in the middle or something. So then uh, Dick is like, Well, I don't want to marry you, Paris. If if Peter doesn't like me or whatever, and he's like, yeah, he basically suggests that, like, well, we have to break up now because, like, or we won't get married because Peter doesn't like me. Um, they then send Peter away for the Rev to speak just with Dick and Paris, and Dick is like, well, I think we're in too deep here um, because, like, obviously we don't want to end our relationship, but... Look, like, he, he basically suggests, like, oh, look at how fucked up Peter is. He's, you know, he's got something wrong with him. It, it's not me. Um, it's it's Peter's problem. He needs to see a child psychiatrist. So the Rev hops right on the phone with the child psychiatrist. This is Dr. Gibson, who is actually the Rev's psychiatrist, right? Oh, yeah, it is the same guy. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to point out here that I found it really weird for Paris to have, like, her mouth was shut. She didn't say anything throughout this entire like scene if my son was being sent to a child psychiatrist i'd like to have a say in it maybe. right like why why are you letting this man who you've known for two weeks dictate what happened dictate what's what happens to your son why aren't you at least being like well wait a second are we sure this is like maybe we can, you should talk to him first uh next thing we know it's um dick paris and peter with dr gibson and uh, Dr. Gibson is the unsung hero of this episode, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, um, again, sort of like the session with the Rev, Dick does all of the talking, and at the conclusion of it, uh, Dr. Gibson is like, well, um, Peter has, he's like, I just have a question, has Dick ever threatened you? Um, and Peter tells the truth about what happened at church when and Pete Dick was like, oh, I'm going to get rid of you and your little dog, too. And um, so... Uh, Peter, but Dick tries Dick said, Yeah, Dick is like, oh, Peter, we're all telling the truth here. And Dr. Gibson is like, nah, I believe Peter. Um, because he says that Dick is the classic abuser. He's just taking over Paris's life and just kind of making her, forcing her to rely on him so that... He, so he can abuse her. Uh, Apparently the thing is, like, first he's going to emotionally control her, then he's going to take Peter out of the picture, and then that's eventually going to lead to physical abuse. So Dr. Gibson's figured this whole thing out. In, like, maybe like a half hour. Yeah. So then he picks up the phone and he says to the phone, he's like, like, bring him in. And it's Kevin and the Rev, and Kevin's there basically to arrest um, Dick. We don't actually, we're not actually sure what he's being arrested for we do know that he has a restraining order out from his ex-wife who they got divorced because he was physically abusive um so i don't know is he violating the restraining order we don't we weird we have no idea why he's under arrest but yeah that's the end of it and yeah and then they run off to marry cecilia's parents (laughs) yeah um but i guess peter's safe now I guess, but I still was, oh, so, like, the whole, there's a whole thing, they're like, there's a restraining order against you, you're in violation of it, and I'm like, wait, but Dick just bought this house, like, would he really, what was his whole, first of all, what was his whole end game? Right. Anyway, but, um, would would someone really move somewhere to, and be in violation of the restraining, like, 
I don't. I don't really. I we don't really understand. We didn't and, really like, understand. Dick that part. is still gonna live next door to. <laughs> well, he's been arrested now, so maybe he wasn't not. arrested. I thought that's what was happened. What no, happened? They were just like you're violating the restraining order. Leave. But where could he go? So confused. Very confused. We actually don't know what happens to Dick because he just gets up and leaves through a separate door. That's true. <laughs> because that then the phone call happens and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, and then everybody runs away to marry <laughs> Cecilia's parents. Oh, I thought he actually got arrested. I thought he was getting, like, put no. in prison for some reason. No, he hasn't done anything other than violate the restraining order, but I'm pretty sure you don't get, like, you don't get sent straight to prison for that. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's it. What would you rate this episode? Oh, I want to, one more thing I wanted to say before we go into ratings. There's, ran, like, there's this random food undertone throughout this entire episode with the rest specifically. Pan, oh, not that one. Well, there, I mean, there is. <laughs> At a certain point, Paris was making pancakes, and it made me want pancakes. Um, so, we, okay, we know that the Rev has been watching what he eats for the past few seasons now, and it kind of comes into play sometimes and doesn't come into play other times, but for some reason, it's really in play this episode. Like, he is covered with the powder of a powdered donut, and that is not well-placed at all. No. It looks like cocaine. Yeah. And then he, like, covets a really bad-looking burger that Chandler brings in while he eats salad with a ha- with his hands and not with a fork. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was weird that this whole, like, was happening the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah. What would you rate this episode? Um, I mean, I, I liked it. It was entertaining for the most part, so I'm going to go with, like, a... Geez, so out of seven, I'm trying to, I'm doing math. Um, like, I'll give it a four. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I'm going to give it, I think I'm going to give this a 4.5. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was an episode, and it was entertaining. Yeah. Um, so, you can catch some of the uh, screenshots that we always put up. Uh, by checking out our Twitter and our Instagram, and the handles for both of those are at Camden Cast Show. We also post on Facebook, uh, which is facebook.com slash camdencast. We uh, upload episodes every, new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday, uh, which you can listen to through the Apple iTunes podcast app on soundcloud.com slash camdencast or on Stitcher. Right? Right. Stitcher. Uh, yes. It's a website, not an app. I'm Tammy. I'm Aaron. This is Camden Guest. Bye.